the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Oh, thank you. Indeedy, it is Friday Eve. Glad to have you guys here with me as we are rolling into the weekend. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Normally, I have my next guest, the financial thought doctor, Dave Elhoff, with me on Wednesdays. But he was off on a toot, a little road. Uh, Fighting Meadows, you are clear to land. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was actually not on a, 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 a airplane toot this, this week. I think he was off in Arizona. And I guess it must be nice to be able to, uh, so he could, he was on his drive back last night. It must be nice to be able to afford $22 a gallon of gas. Fighting Meadows, welcome back. <laughs> well, believe it or not, it was only 439 over in Arizona. Yeah, only four thirty nine. Okay, you what sounded a bargain. Uh, well, he sounded like a Democrat today because they're like, "Hey, wait a second, gas prices ain't that bad out there, America. People are only having to pay four fifty a gallon." Yeah, compared to when it was a dollar ninety two. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the beef about? You know, come on. <laughs> beef? I can't afford yeah. beef. What are you talking about? Nobody can afford beef. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're trying to force us to eat plants that are they're made into plant patties to look like beef. But well, I'm not buying that. And you know what else I'm not buying? Financial thought, Dr. Dave Elhoff. What? I'm not buying the new definition of recession, okay? It is official. I'm glad you ended up bumping till tonight. Because today was the day they were going to be releasing second quarter numbers. And I don't know if you've been aware since you've been off on a toot, but they've tried to change the definition of a recession, which has historically been when you've had two consecutive quarters of um, retraction in growth. That was made official today. Um, but still, they're refusing to acknowledge it. In fact, I want to play this clip for you and the listeners. Uh, financial thought doctor, Fighting Meadows. Skins, please play clip two. like about this. You don't think that this is an indicator of an impending recession or one already here? I don't. As I said, the economy is clearly slowing. And, and that we all knew that would happen. We all knew that five and a half, six percent growth wasn't sustainable. A strong economy grows at three, maybe four percent. So I don't, I don't see that. I see inflation as as our biggest issue. You see the Fed doing what it needs to do to get a handle on inflation. You see gas prices coming down. And again, I, I talk to CEOs across industries every day, and right now they are telling me consumers are spending, people are buying, and they're hiring. Wow. Um... Your thoughts, financial thought, doctor? Well, she does have a point. 
the point that consumers are spending. You take Amazon's profits were way off the charts, and uh, it reacted to the the uh, situation, even though there's high inflation pressure. You know that big corporations are going to make money during these times. So you have to take a look at all the numbers. I'm waiting to hear on Monday what Westbury has to say. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of those that say he doesn't think we're in a recession yet. Well, but he, let me stop you there because do, do, do definitions matter? Because the definition of a recession has been two consecutive orders of contraction where you're going in reverse on the GDP. Granted, today it was only down 0.9%, but that technically meets the definition of a recession. And the reason why that matters, I'm in line with the, I, I agree with the with some of the people that are saying, look, the definition doesn't matter as much politically or even economically. What really matters is how consumers and voters feel and right now they don't feel very good i do think consumers are spending but whether or not they're spending on discretionary items versus essentials matters as well what are you seeing there well <clears throat> let's put a look at amazon what does amazon sell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything okay. right yeah and uh their profit margins are way off the charts. So people are buying things yet. And okay. I mean, people are still moving into homes. Uh, there's a lot of factors out there that take into extent. Yes, two negative quarters is supposed to mean recession. But they're now bringing in a lot of other information now to uh, try to uh, show us that it's probably the numbers that some of the governments and the real agency that determines whether or not the recession has yet to report. I think they're reporting tomorrow what they think is a real recession. Well, we'll see, because I'm seeing some numbers I haven't been able to validate that I just saw that show that private investment in the second quarter uh, fell by 13.5%. Investment in non-residential structures uh, fell by 11.7%, and residential structures fell by 14%. So I think you're right in the sense that, and I've never before been so twisted on definitions. I think the reason why I am now is because we're dealing with a Democrat party that likes to play word games. They, well, and, they, and and so then so you're forced to really dig for the truth because they're you're, when you're dealing with people that aren't, aren't honest and they make it known that they're not honest then you got to do your work and you because you can't just accept anything that they say if these numbers i just read to you are true about investments going down by that large of a percentage then i'm then i'm nervous and then on top of it I don't know if you had an opportunity today to review this deal. Joe Manchin is the guy that the that conservatives love to applaud him uh, when he doesn't give Joe Biden or the far left um, their communist dreams and their communist desires. And I'm always the one to say, well, hold up a second. Just because he didn't go far, far AOC left, just because he didn't go Bernie Sanders, D- Bernie, Bernie Sanders doesn't mean that he's a conservative and a good guy. And today he agreed to this deal with Joe Biden that would include not just an expansion of Obamacare, it would include billions of dollars in spending 
300 billions of dollars in spending uh dave elhoff financial thought doctor yet they're claiming it's going to bring down the deficit and the way they're claiming it's going to bring down the deficit is through a 15 percent corporate minimum tax your thoughts on that well, if anything's going to really put us into a deep recession, that would probably do it, Andrew. Wow. I mean, they really like to try to control the narrative, you're right. And plus, the press doesn't do their work mm-hmm. to uh, dig deeper. I mean, the only people in the world that are digging deeper to try and get to the truth are you talk show specialists. And it takes some digging to get to the truth when you got the press that's tied into the Democratic machine. Yeah. And uh, uh, spending more is not going to help anything. The numbers on inflation are because the M2 money supply is growing so much, and if they're going to throw more money into the M2 money supply, that's only going to cause tweak inflation higher. And when they also have no, and, and I don't know how this is going to play with the American people, I would have liked to have thought... Dave Elhoff, we're talking to Dave Elhoff, financial thought doctor in the News You Can Use segment. I would have thought that the American people, because it hadn't been that long ago, would have wised up, not needing a degree in economics, to have seen and felt the effects of a Donald J. Trump presidency in which lowering taxes and lowering regulations on businesses grew our economy, grew people's wages. It provided an opportunity for corporations to invest in research and development, invest Invest in technology, hire people, taking money away from businesses leaves them. Let's can we simplify it for people out there? Taking money away from corporations gives them less money to give to employees. Did I say that right, Elhoff? Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing to think about is this, folks, listen, inflation is is nipping in your pocketbook right now. And all these corporations are making giant profits right now. With inflation. Why? Because they pass it on to us. Yeah. The consumer. Yeah. And that's that's the whole deal there. Now, if you turn around and start taking their taxes, then they're going to do what they did before Trump came along. They're going to take their money overseas and develop jobs overseas and escape taxation in a higher tax environment. And oh, by the way, let me interject there. Don't misunderstand Dave Elhoff and I that we're anti-profits, okay? We love us some profits. We want buku profits. Buku, B-O-O-K-O-O, profits, okay? That's what made this country great. That's what spurs innovation and spurs entrepreneurship. Nobody decided to go and try to create the the, um, telephone or invest the, um, create the computer or the automobile just for the fun of it, right? I mean, maybe, maybe if you like the, the gremlins, you know, you've got these innovators and these, these creators and, um, who come up with all these patents. That, that is a passion and a fun for them, but it's the profit opportunity. Who, who hasn't seen that on Shark Tank, right? People have an idea and their dream is that they're going to get rich from it. So we're not anti profit here by any means. That's the reason why businesses exist. And by the way, these big corporations have shareholders where people buy stocks and invest in these corporations. And as the profits go up, so do their shares and their profits from their shares. And oftentimes that 
rewards those who have their pensions, like school teachers and first responders and others that the left seems to love so much, they're negatively impacted when corporations' profits go down. Did I also explain that well, Elhoff? Yes, you did. Because, you know, without profits, where do you think new jobs are going to come from? Right. Without profits, how are you going to do more research and development to become more efficient? We have more things that we need and want and desire. Without profits, the whole system goes to hell in a handbasket. Right. And so we're not saying we're anti-profit, but the reality is, and and by the way, a lot of the corporations that have gotten so fat in the recent times did so in part because of these communistic COVID crackdowns Um, by shutting down mom and pop stores, but leaving Amazon open and Walmart open. They they paved the way for Amazon to get fatter and richer by destroying the small business owner, which has always been the lifeblood of our economy. And the number one way for the job creation has been primarily in this country through the small business. So um, and so the more that they destroy corporations, which and a corporation could be, you know, a business with only five employees or 50 employees or 100, you know, taxing them at 15 percent could completely destroy the small business community. Am I wrong there? No, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, it's going to take forever to get back where these mom and pops can open again and compete. And uh, uh, the small corporations, the small businesses out there, they're the lifeblood of our economy. They're the ones that are the creators, the entrepreneurs out there. They are forced to compete. They are forced to bring a product to the market that is profitable to them. Yeah, and because they can't they stay open orders. if they don't. Yeah, and they can't stay open if they can't make a profit. And by everything that was done through the the social engineering and the economic engineering of, of manipulating us through COVID, they've made it next to impossible for a new business. To, under Trump, under the Obama administration we had for the first time in this country, we had more businesses closing down than we had opening. During the Trump administration, we had all kinds of new business and small you know businesses starting up and, and startup operations. And now that's been destroyed. Destroyed, and we need to get back to that. In America, this is not the way to do it by hitting corporations with a 15% flat tax to fund more of the same green energy boondoggle crap that destroyed us in, in, during the Obama administration. Um, and, 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 and in terms of what you just said, you're not the first person to say that what could put us into a full-blown recession is, is a, a tax of any kind because Joe Manchin himself, the man that co- uh, so many conservatives love to love, said this in in 2010. Skins, please play clip six. I, I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. I can't look the people in West Virginia in the eye and ask them to pay a penny more until I know we're running this government efficient. I can't look the people in West Virginia in the eye and ask them to pay a penny more until I know we're running this government efficient. I, I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. Yeah, that was Joe Manchin in 2010. I don't know how he's going to look anybody in the eye today because this this bill alone, it could I don't want to say it could be the death knell, but like you said, th- this could really push us into some dark areas. Your thoughts on his what he had to say there? Well, he's absolutely correct. Is that he, he, number one? Tell me this: What has the government ever done efficiently? 
<laughs> nothing. All right, I got my I got my scorecard, Dave. Start listing them off. Yeah, they've done nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, post office. Mm, no, it's in the red. Know. No, I used to do mail and and in uh, distribution studies as part of my corporate career, and the U.S. Postal Service had a goal of delivering eighty percent of your mail. A goal of eighty <laughs> percent. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a hashtag fail. You're lucky, Fighting Meadows, that the one thing they did efficiently was put together some aircraft back in the day that you could fly around safely in and do what you did. did, And that's the only thing the government is supposed to do. They're not supposed to be in our private lives regulating everything. No, they're not. No, they're not. They regulate everything, and then they subsidize industries that need to be going away. They pick and choose winners and losers. They've been manipulating us through so and and moving us more and more and more into socialism, communism, Marxism, pick your ism. Since the New Deal, uh, the tax structure is meant to manipulate us, and by and, and this is is an example of it. And a fifteen percent flat tax on corporations is just going to really. You think you're struggling now with inflation and with the cost of goods and services? It's only going to get higher. And I wanted to spend some time on this tonight because you've got one of the things you've got to do if you're not Jeff Bezos is you've got to figure out a plan for your money. And um, that's why I started bringing the financial thought doctor onto the show to help you understand a little bit more about what's going on with the economy and money so you could realize that you needed to get a plan for it. And now more than ever, Dave Elhoff, tell people how they can how they can get a, a hold of you, because and let me tell you, if this 15 percent goes goes into effect, you think you've already had some ugly uh, 401k or ugly mutual fund statements it ain't going to get any 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 prettier so you're going to need to have a plan financial thought doctor how do people get in touch with you uh give me a call 619-548-0965 619-548-0965 or email me at dave at elhoff Dot com. My last name, E-L-H-O-F-F dot com, Dave at Elhoff dot com. Now, teach you about what things are eaten away at your profits, mm-hmm. folks, at your money, risk, taxes, regulation, depreciation of the dollar, mm-hmm. inflation, planned obsolescence. All this is eating away. And if you don't account for it, there's no way you're going to be successful. And nobody talks about what is causing your money to wilt away on you. Right. 619-548-0965. I find that people are wasting 1% to 5% of their money somewhere on lost opportunity costs that they don't know exist. I help you identify that and recapture that 1% to 5% for you, for your lifestyle, for your benefits. And I know that my listeners out there, a lot, you know, I, I don't have 90% uber wealthy people. Dave Elhoff can help pretty much anybody. So please, please, please give him a call. I care about you. I care about your financial future. I know many of my friends and family and my listeners are scared. They're scared right now, particularly as they approach retirement. And Dave Elhoff is there for you. And you're there for me every week, Elhoff. And I appreciate that. Right. Fighting Meadows. All right, AK, go get them. All right, I will, doll. You as well. All right, now y'all stay tuned, because speaking of going and getting them, you know who's going after a certain uh, uh, dreadlocked 
TV host and her haint friends, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. We're going to give you guys an update on the showdown on the show. I don't really know anybody who watches, but we're going to give you an update on that. Stay tuned. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I forgot to add, I called in earlier, but in addition, the people were also asked who they looked upon as the most formidable Democrats. And um, uh, Newsom got 30%, the highest, and in second place with 14% was uh, Michelle Obama, and then it went down to uh, somebody else had 10%, and uh, Kamala had 7.9%, <laughs> and so on. There were a few with, a, with 2% or so. Okay, check you later. Bye-bye. Listen, full stop. Don't <laughs> stop thinking about tomorrow. That's right, Kamala. Don't stop dreaming about the Oval Office. Okay. <laughs> She's only got 7%. Even Mussolini's higher in the polling for her. But I got to delve into this Michelle Obama thing because I actually got an email from somebody a while back. I've been talking about these emails I'm getting. Andrea at AndreaKshow.com, by the way. And somebody saw a movie about Michelle did I just say there was say, one on Netflix I believe. Right. There's a new one out. Did I just let it slip? Did I say Michelle Obama? That was literally... <laughs> That was a Freudian slip, not intentional, Um, but I think there is a new movie out. I do think that they are taking the temperature because I don't believe, and I said this when I was on Dr. Gina's show, Dr. Gina Primetime on Real America's Voice today, um, Gavin Newsom is running ads in uh, Texas and in Florida, and particularly he's bragging about his gun control legislation. And you don't uh, think he's going to do well. I don't think he's going to do well because I, I don't, well, think about what a bad, a couple reasons. First of all, You've got to be as out of touch with the American voter as Joe Biden when you're running ads in Texas pro-gun control. When you're running ads in Texas, which has a trigger law banning abortion that, that the citizens are on board with, and your, your, your two sales pitches to Texas and Florida are about gun control and about uh, abortion on demand. You're not in touch with the voters and, 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 and nationally, there has not been one poll going into the midterms, not one poll that says that the overturning of Roe v. Wade or gun control are even in the top three issues for the voters. It is 100 percent about the economy. Number two, when it comes to the economy, I don't believe that the that the American people have forgotten that during these commie covid restrictions, when he completely tanked and seized control and bragged about destroying businesses up and down the state that he sat in French laundry when Hispanic-owned taquerias couldn't open in Chula Vista and were destroyed. He was sitting in French laundry, shoulder-to-shoulder with his public health officials, sucking down $20,000 worth of wine. The American people haven't forgotten. The American people also know that we have people evacuating the state of California like, you know, they're jumping off a sinking boat. Off of Baja, right? Why? Because of the COVID restrictions that killed us here. Because of the homelessness problem that we've got across this state. Because of the crime wave we've got across this state. He's got nothing to sell to the American people and they know it. That French laundry thing you just mentioned, Andrea, whoever the Republican nominee is should say that over and over and over again. Yes, 
Absolutely. The American people also know that even even that he made it illegal or he banned state workers from going to states like Idaho because of their um, LBGT policies. Like I think it was Kirsty Nome who banned uh, biological males playing in sports in that state. So he banned California state workers from going there and then or might have been Montana. And then he skipped off there with his family for vacation. His level of hypocrisy. The American people don't have a taste for it, okay? Okay, so, so I'll, I'll pose you this. You don't think he's going to do well. You know she's probably throwing her hat in the ring. Do you think Hillary would do better than Newsom? Yeah. I do. Interesting. I do think Hillary would do better because I think that there is a sense of loyalty for Hillary Clinton among Democrats and Democrat Party. I think that she still benefits from the the love for the Clinton family and the love for the Clintons in the 90s. I think there's a nostalgia. There is no love for Gavin Newsom nationally. There's no love for Gavin Newsom, just like there's no love for the Bidens nationally. There's no love. There's not even any likability. Right. Um, let's. Uh, uh, so I don't think Newsom is. I, I, I do think that that's why I do think that they might be taking the temperature for Michelle Obama. Seeing if it's an option. See, but but doing it slowly, doing it here and there. I also think that one, what I think that they're more focused on right now, I think that they want people talking about. I think the Democrats want people talking about 2024 instead of the midterms. It helps them. I, and, and I think that they're, if, if you read, um, like if you go to Drudge, you'll see articles right now where they're trying to push out. Um, there was a top of Drudge today on the day in which it made official, according to the technical definition of a recession. Um, there was a headline on there. Joe Biden is winning. As long as he doesn't talk the R word and that he is poised for massive wins in October. They're already trying to set an expectation that... Of course they are. Yeah. So there's no way he's going to be the favorite. So that's one reason why I actually think right now... We don't really need to be talking 2024 as much as and and so I you know I'm I'm actually would be cool if Trump would actually kind of back off the scene a little bit. Oh, you and I have already talked. Yeah, about that. and and I really think that we need to stay focused on the midterm elections. We need to stay focused on these local races. What's in front of you? I agree with Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly has actually said something controversial, and I don't listen to his show that often because I think as brilliant as he is, as funny as he is, um, I think he spends a little too much time in the humor. At least when I turn on the show. Um, but he said this the other day. He said, I'll give the majority of both houses of Congress to the Democrats and the White House in 2024 if we can take over every control over every school district in this country. I would I would only add in if we also add in add in all the D.A. offices around this country. Oh, I like your idea. Because that's we need that as much as gotta we have need. the legal system. Yeah, we've got to have the, our legal system back. Um Speaking of the legal system, the left has successfully used it to bully the American people. Let's go back to the open of the first hour of the show. The Department of Justice, as as Molly Hemingway said brilliantly, so succinctly, is 100% political. And the future of this country depends on the American citizens wising up to that and being shocked by it and refusing to accept that. And um, there's – and they – 
Democrats' use of the legal system has been not just with the attorney general's office, but at the local level where we've got these district judges where Donald Trump would do something at the national level and then some district judge, you know, would throw it out or the American people, the Californians would vote in in traditional marriage under proposition. I think it was 187 and then some court of appeals would overturn it. But we've also had them successfully use um, litigation against individuals, threats of individuals. We've even saw uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, uh, prosecution was meant to persecute him and the Second Amendment. We needed, we've needed to flip that on its head. Um, I didn't think we did a good job of it successfully picking and choosing how to use the court system against Gavin Newsom during COVID. Charlie Kirk, I think, has an opportunity to successfully use the court system to take some power back away from the media that is working hard in collusion with the Democrats to destroy us. In a very big way. He's got it in a very, very, very big way. So you all know the story. 5,000 high school students attended a student summit in Florida. Some bad people came out there to pretend that they were a part of this summit with their anti, with their Nazi flags. The view comes out and um, mainly led by Whoopi Goldberg. I don't watch the view. I didn't watch it. Uh, falsely accusing these students of being Nazis and doubling down on it. So they sent, Charlie Kirk's people sent a letter demanding a cease and desist and demanding an apology. So there was an apology yesterday, but it was only by, it wasn't by Whoopi Goldberg, who I guess was the main one leading the charge of these false accusations and this defamation. So uh, Charlie Kirk's people were like, not so fast. Oh no, producers of The View, not good enough. Whoopi herself has to open her mouth and flap her jaws and issue an apology. Now, she did today, but many people are saying it didn't go far enough. Here's what Charlie Kirk had to say today about the situation. Is Hunter Biden a national security threat? Wrong clip, Skins. That's not a... Hang on. We got to see if we can find that. Um, I, we weren't able to pull and find a good clean clip of Whoopi Goldberg. What she basically said today was she just brushed it off. Look, I don't like when people make assumptions about me. I'm going to pretend I'm Whoopi here. This was the, you know, the crux of the apology. I don't like when people make assumptions about me. I shouldn't made a, shouldn't have made assumption. Uh, my bad. Like, you know, she falsely accused somebody of, you know, um, you know, um, wearing the wrong skirt or wrong eye color or something. But here's what Charlie Kirk had to say. So, Charlie, do you accept the views apology? I mean, regardless of whether or not I accept it, the question is, do our students accept it? That's really what's at heart here. They went after our 5,000 students at our event there of high school and college kids. And look, I get attacked all the time. People say false things. I'm a public figure. But when you go after 16 and 17-year-olds that travel from across the country that then have to live for the rest of their life with a shadow over them because someone at ABC says that they might be linked to neo-Nazis. But look, what did it take for us to get to the point of an apology. We had to threaten a lawsuit, Jesse. And by the way, we're still entertaining it. We're talking to some of the best lawyers out there that are experts in this. And as you know, these things can be very complicated. There's a lot of facts and circumstances around it. But we're not going to let this go because you should not be able to smear 5,000 high school and college kids and then just be able to walk away with it. And the reason they felt they needed to do that, Jesse, is because if they told their audience the truth, that when gas is the most expensive it's been, flights are super 
expensive that 5,000 kids decided to spend a weekend in summer traveling across the country to go hear from conservative speakers, maybe the audience, the view, would think twice about all of their ideas. That's why they felt so compelled to try to smear our wonderful summit this last weekend. Is Charlie Kirk just a gift from God for this country? He is such an amazing speaker and articulate and just cogent and just right on on the issues. And, of course, you can hear his show every night here on The Answer San Diego. I'm glad they're going to continue to look into it. I am, too. I saw him interview today, Harmeet Dillon. Uh, for his TV show, and you know, Harmeet's been on the show. She's a brilliant attorney, and she talked about how difficult defamation is, and we've talked about it. One of the aspects that she, um, we've talked about it many times in relation to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, and um, the the different ways that that what qualifies the thresholds for defamation. One of the things she mentioned today that that I hadn't considered is that, um, and when there is an apology. Like this, it kind of takes away one of the criteria for defamation, because for defamation, I, you know, and I'm not going to articulate exactly the points perfectly, but you have to prove that somebody um, knowingly lied, right? They spread a, a lie that they knew was a lie. And if somebody's coming out and saying, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I misunderstood or I jumped to a conclusion, then basically what they're saying is they're backing off of it and they're they're basically um, putting forth um, some evidence that they, they didn't knowingly lie. So I'm not a, I'm not an attorney. I'm not articulating that very well. Um, I think, however, Charlie Kirk, I would like him to still pursue it. I think he should yeah, pursue especially, it. And I didn't hear Whoopi, but apparently if it's a half-hearted apology, no, just keep going. I think they should just keep going. You know, that's what the left does. The left doesn't they go, you know what? Up. This is my point about them, their use of the court system. See, Republicans tend to go, you know what? I don't, I don't actually meet every little criteria here. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get a conviction in either a jury trial or either uh, either in a judge situation. So you know what? I may not file the lawsuit. You think the Democrats care about that? You think they take that approach? They go, oh, no. Oh, no. We're go- I'm taking this to the mat. I'm going to file this lawsuit against you. It's part of their bullying through the court system against us. So I, I encourage Charlie Kirk, and that may not sound like I've got character and integrity, may me, make me sound like I'm litigious, but we have to use the weapons at our disposal, at our disposal to win this country. And, and it, it, some people might say, well, you're not supposed to file a lawsuit that you know you don't have legal grounds for. I, so I do think he needs to look at it because we should not be 100% litigious filing phony lawsuits, for example. Well, the, right? well, the view is, is, is slanderous and they say things like that because they're never pushed back on. And this is a great opportunity. You know, you know, Whoopi had a chance to be uh, taken way back before and the Republicans kind of failed on that one. So, you know, God right. bless Charlie and I, ho- I, I hope he goes through with it. Here's why I think he should file the lawsuit. Because... Nobody thought legally Johnny Depp had a chance to win. Every legal expert, and I mean from some of the greatest straight-up legal minds, not not pundits that you see on TV putting forth a point of view. I'm talking just straight-up legal analysts who do nothing but analyze the law. They don't have they don't have a dog in a hunt. They don't care, but for the law, said he didn't have a chance legally because of these very specific criteria for defamation, and he won every one of his points. And so, for that reason alone, I don't think it would be litigious. I don't think it would be wrong. Would I be think it, I think it it might be tough, but. 
that doesn't mean you don't go for it because you cannot allow people to continue to defame young people in this country and hurl these kind of evectives in order to shut down debate, in order to take away people's First Amendment rights, in order to bully Americans into transforming us from a, a constitutional republic into their communist state. And that's what these tactics are about. And I hope that they go for it. I hope that, that somehow, some way they magically win and they bankrupt Whoopi Goldberg and she gets off the stage and shuts up once and for all that's what I hope I'm going to take a break we come back let's talk about a a really odd immigration story that's come out of uh, the LA Times and the New York Post today that has to do with Americans deciding to move to Mexico when so many Latin American people are moving here stay tuned this is the Andrew K show on AM 1170 the answer San Diego AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. I've got. I've got to stop checking. You're not going to be able to get through it, Andrea. i got to stop looking at stuff during the break because I saw something so hysterical. Breathe. <laughs> it had to do. I'll just tell you all this. It had to do with a supposed poll questioning uh, that was asking for new names for monkeypox because evidently the new york times said that that was it <laughs> that was a triggering name and they needed a new name <laughs> so y'all need to google i think tucker had it on his show that's all i'm gonna say i gotta move on okay so i'm okay now okay so la times had an article out that had to do with um I don't even know how to recover from this, y'all. Okay, LA Times has an article out that has to do with people moving to Mexico City. And according to the LA Times, which is really rich, basically the whole article was about busting Americans for moving to Mexico City. Um, and they supposedly interviewed some Mexicans down in Mexico City that were unhappy about this. And I don't know how many of those those interviews were true or not. Um, but here's what some of the critiques were. According to the LA Times, um, the problem with the newcomers, the Americans moving down there, was, quote, the indifference to how their actions are are affecting the locals Uh, according to this one Mexican he said that um, he complained about the fact that Mexican nationals can't migrate to the US with the same ease first of all let me say that Americans are going to Mexico has some of the strictest immigration laws however Americans are able to go down there if they follow proper procedure Americans are going down there buying a property Um, but um, this Mexican goes on to say that he believes that Americans, many of whom are white, are reinforcing the city's pervasive, if infrequently discussed, caste system. He says that Mexicans aren't happy about the American inundation, that real estate agents are saying that um, we're mostly down there buying up uh, houses and which are raising the prices down there. Um, this is just really kind of hypocritical because basically... The L.A. Times is criticizing Americans and what's going on with Americans moving down to Mexico um, 
using the same criticisms that in other words if you're an american and you and and you were complaining that people coming to this country are diminishing uh, our american culture in some way you were called xenophobic if you complained at all about anybody coming to this country even if they're coming here illegally something's wrong with you you hate brown people right yet here's the la times coming out this is why i said their their headline for their article should be warning the gringos are coming the gringos are coming because it's all about some racist anti white American moving to Mexico article what happened to the what happened to the LA Times uh, who had, had talked over and over about how the glories of multiculturalism and how um, in, in fact back in 2018 they had an editorial where they blasted former tr- uh, President Trump for wanting to reduce overall immigration, saying, whatever American culture is, and it runs a broad gamut from North Atlantic lobster to Southern grits to taco stands and from jazz to opera to folk music and hip-hop, immigration doesn't threaten it. Yet here they're running an article quoting Mexican citizens down there complaining about a Mexicans moving down there. Some people were saying today that, well, you know what? They think that the L.A. Times is is lying, that Mexicans down there are happy that we're there. But we're going to take a break. We come back. I'm going to share with you some flyers that are going around in the community down there uh, that kind of dispel that. And I think that this I think when we've got an open border and we've got an invasion at our southern border, I think that I think that this is a topic worth continuing to discuss. And we will on the other side of the break. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. We're talking about this what I kind of consider a shocking article out of LA Times and New York Post. Um, about the scourge reportedly of Americans moving to Mexico City, moving down there legally, contributing to the economy. Isn't that what we've heard now for decades? These All these illegals, people coming here illegally, uh, what, what contributors they are to our society? How dare you criticize? How dare you complain about having to press one for English? They're complaining down there, according to this article, that the only people speaking Spanish down there are the waiters. Well, I, you know, I, I, yeah, and let me tell you, I love Mexico. I don't know how much time I have spent in Cabo San Lucas, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, Rosarita, uh, you know, uh, and on and on and on and on and on. I eat Mexican food practically every day. Beautiful country. Beautiful country. Um, but I don't want to hear any complaints from anybody down in Mexico that Americans are moving down there, doing it legally, contributing to their economy, which, by the way, needs some help. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any complaints about assimilation either because we got too many schools to where um, on Cinco de Mayo, you can't fly an American flag. Come here legally. We have the right to manage our, our immigration. Come here and, and, and in terms of the amount of people who come here, you need to come here legally and you need to assimilate into our culture. Um, there are supposedly flyers going around Mexico City that say new to the city, working remotely. You're an effing plague and the locals effing hate you. Leave. Before I read that part of the story, I was like, you know what? I can kind of understand where they're coming from. I mean, you know, Laredo, Texas, town of 35,000 had 15,000 Haitians dumped on them. They're probably going, you know, our town's being turned into, little, you know, Haiti. I can actually, I actually understand some of the feelings that they might be having down there. I'm resentful of the fact that I'm not allowed to have them here. That's the problem that I have. So, um, LA Times, and, and LA Times, you know, we're, again, 
we're xenophobic if we have a problem. Uh, these same people demanding that we have complete open borders. We're not even allowed to keep out the drug traffickers, the MS-13 gang members, the fentanyl pushers, the child traffickers. But yet uh, uh, legal uh, law-abiding Americans are being trashed for moving to Mexico City and buying up property and opening up yoga studios. Uh-uh. I don't and want to hear no never complaints. really been a problem in, in, until now. So this isn't something that's been like decades in the making. Right. So anyway, um, let's go back to looking at the poll results for new names for monkeypox and end the show with a giggle, shall we? <laughs> oh, the runner's up. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of immigration, you know, these same Democrats, um, you know, that don't think Americans should move to down to Mexico. Uh, the hypocrisy with the Democrats is ridiculous. Mayor Bowser is actually calling for the National Guard to protect D.C. against the humanitarian crisis of 4,000 illegals being bused to D.C. Just, you know, the hypocrisy is crazy on the part of the left. All right. Tomorrow's Friday Fun Day. We'll be back here, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 24-hour phone available to you, though, 844-814-5227. Give us a call on any of those topics we talked about tonight. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.